Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox. Fastest way to change yourself is to hang out with people who are already where you want to be. If you want to change your life, brothers and sisters, change your relationships. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with longtime entrepreneur, Dr. George C. Frazier, who says that if you're going to build wealth, you must know how to connect the dots. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back. This is the final installment in our New Year series, Results Not Resolutions. If you are new to redefining wealth, here's what you need to know. We are not your typical personal finance show. Nope, not at all. We actually believe in this community that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition, which says that it's the condition of well-being. And so we seek to unpack what that means following six pillars of wealth, which are laid out for you at patricewashington.com. You can click on start here when you head to patricewashington.com. You'll get a free audio training. It'll break down what these pillars entail and also offer you a little assessment so you can see just where you are and where your attention needs to go. Because what we believe is a lot of people chase money out here thinking that, oh, if I just do all the money things, I'll be fine. But they neglect the other parts of life that impact how they manage their finances. And I don't want that to be you. So super excited about George Frazier. You're going to hear how I was first introduced to him. Such a great story, such a full circle moment for me having him on the podcast. I will say buckle in tight. He is straight talk, no chaser. You know that good old school? That's what I always tell my friends. I can't wait to be a little older so I can just say whatever I want to (laughs) say. Dr. Frazier is definitely there. As a matter of fact, I think he's been there for a long, long time. Just straight talk. So without further ado, let me give you his formal bio. Dr. George C. Frazier is the chairman and CEO of FraserNet 
a company he founded over 30 years ago to lead a global networking movement for people of African descent. He spent 20 years in leadership positions with Procter & Gamble, United Way, and Ford Motor Company before starting his own business in 1987. He's the author of six best-selling books. He's been featured on seven national magazine covers, received over 350 awards and citations to include induction into the Minority Business Hall of Fame and Museum, three honorary doctorates. He's been named as one of the best speakers in America and President Barack Obama himself awarded Dr. Frazier the President's Lifetime Achievement Award in 2016. And to top all that, he's been married to the love of his life, Nora Jean, for 45 years. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. George C. Frazier. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Dr. Frazier. It is good to be with you, my dear, and God bless you for all of the work you do. You are a blessing and you are a leader. You are a powerful voice for our community. And I just want to urge you to keep doing the work that you're doing because it's God's work and uh, just stay the course and all that is due, you will come to you. Uh, I appreciate that so much. I've been waiting actually to have an opportunity for about two decades to actually. Oh my gosh. Two decades. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Your work has meant in my life because when I was 19 years old, I was actually hired to be an intern for the Steve Harvey Morning Show when it was based just in Los Angeles. And about a year into that experience, I was supposed to be there two months. It ended up being two and a half years. And about a year into that experience, Steve was hired to perform at, I believe it was the gala for Power Networking. So this is about 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. 2002, yeah. 2002. 2002. And when I saw his, I would get his calendar. So when I saw the schedule and I saw Power Networking Conference, and mind you, I'm about 20 years old. And I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. So I started doing my research, looking it up, looking at these conversations that would be happening around financial literacy and wealth building and networking and real estate. And I had just gotten my real estate salesperson's license, 19 years old during sophomore year in college. And I'm like, these are my people. I need to get there. But I didn't say anything to Steve or Rashawn, who was his manager at that time. I saved my little coins. I registered. I bought my airline ticket. And for the first time, flew by myself across the country to Ohio to go to Power Networking. And didn't have family there. My mom had some colleagues that were out that way. I didn't even know they didn't live in Cleveland. They lived in some suburb really far away. (laughs) But I got there. They dropped me off every day. And I found my notes several months ago now when I was moving from L.A. back to Atlanta, Georgia. I found my notes from that conference in 2002. And so much of who I am today was born during those three days or so that I was at Power Networking Conference all the way back in 2002 at 20 years old. So much of the notes and the information truly just became a part of who I was. It changed my mindset. And from the time I was about 20, 21, I've been just all in on personal development. And I I mean, I credit Power Networking Conference all the time with that. So it is my honor to get to 
you guys can't see Dr. Frazier, but I can. I get to look at you and tell you, thank you so much for creating that platform because you don't even know. I mean, I know you know the work you've done, but there's so many of us out here where those seeds were planted so long ago. And it's a part of why I do the work that I do today. So thank you. This is music to my ears. As an elder, I'm 75, right? I'm 75 years old. This is the purpose of the work that conscious and woke elders love to hear. My life has been planting seeds through the power of words and action. But it starts with words. Everything begins with the word, right? So to hear you say what you said and to understand that you did this on your own, you did this even without informing your boss because you were so compelled to do it, it says to me that God works in mysterious ways, that you are always where you are supposed to be right? And good, bad, or indifferent. And somehow or another, you felt in your spirit through the words that you read about the conference, understanding that your boss was going to be the host of our big gala, but you were moved to spend your money, to take your time to be there, even to the surprise of Steve Harvey, who did a marvelous (laughs) job. Who did a marvelous job for us. So that says a lot about you. And here you are, Fast forward 20 years later, expressing that wokeness, expressing that consciousness, um, shaping the conversation around the value system fundamentally that was implanted in you through the power of those words that you witnessed over a four-day period of time and now being expressed in a powerful way 20 years later, if that is not a testimony to who you are, and to what we need to be doing uh, in having these conversations and these podcasts. We cannot have enough of them um, and repeating these ideas over and over and over. That's not a testimony to it. I don't know what is. And it makes me very, very proud to have this conversation with you and to be here. I I know it took 20 years, but (laughs) but, uh, um, I'm here. And and God bless you. Thank you so much. You know, it, it really... Reminds me why, too, I always tell the audience that sometimes you have to go and get what you need. A lot of times I hear people say, well, my my parents don't support me. The, my friends don't support me. People around me don't support me. And I'm like, there are so many opportunities out there to go find your people, to curate the community that you need in order to grow to your next level. And, you know, I'm 38 years old now, but I'm like, when I was 20, I was going to find my people. Like, there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful statement. And, and, and so it, it brings up a very, very sort of intellectual question. And that is, is that nature or is that nurture, right? Mm-hmm. Is it in your DNA? that you had the gumption uh, and the tenaciousness uh, and the insight, right, to do that, in a sense, without permission, so to speak, because you're a kid, right? Or is that nurture? Is that, that, can you attribute that to how your mom and dad nurtured you? Um, So I I think the answer to that question is it's really some of both. It's Mm -hmm. DNA and it's nurturing, no, no question about it. We're all better because of that and because of you. But uh, 
you know, again, it's a remarkable story. One day when you write a book, and one day you will write a book because you are a master of words, uh, thoughts and ideas. One day you'll put that in writing if you have not already. And you need to tell that story because there are lots of lessons in that story alone. Finding your people. I mean, think about that, right? Uh, I say all the time when I evangelize about networking, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If secretly you could find out what their earnings, annual earnings were each year, you would see that your earnings will be about what their earnings is. So you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Mm -hmm. So the fastest way to change yourself is to hang out with people who are already where you want to be and have some that are further than you are, Mm -hmm. right? So let me say that again. The fastest way to change yourself is to hang out with people who are already where you want to be. If you want to change your life, brothers and sisters, change your relationships. Your relationships. Introduce me to your five closest friends and that will tell me who you are. What am I really saying to our brothers and sisters? Don't spend major time with minor people. People going nowhere want you to go nowhere with them. People doing nothing want you to do nothing with them. Let me say it again. If you want to change your life, change your relationships. Let me sum that up by saying, if you are not where you want to be in life, It's because you don't have the right people in your life because you cannot do it by yourself. This is biblical. This is biblical. The Bible teaches us, there's a wonderful quote in the Bible, John 5.30. It is a direct quote from Jesus Christ. Now, there are 800,000 words in the Bible. Only 1,025 of those words are direct quotes from Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus said. I of my own self can do nothing. Now, this was Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus couldn't get it done on his own by himself in a vacuum. So what's up with you? Why would you think you could do anything significant, anything worth talking about on your own by yourself in a vacuum? No, you can't everything of any significance is done through people, through groups. And you have to understand that in your life. I don't care how smart you are. Ultimately, whatever you are going to get done in life, you're going to get it done with and through other people. Jesus understood that. He had 12 people in his life. He only lived 34 years. And those 12 right people, although one betrayed him, mm-hmm. honored his work, talked of his work, wrote about his work, and changed the world. So you don't need a million people. Come on. You just, you just need the right people. Now, you might have to go through a lot of people to find the right person or the right people, but that's life. Welcome to life. Of course you will. And you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to have to rid yourself of toxic people in your life because there are going to be some. 
Right. The biggest people decision you will make in your life will be your life partner. That's the biggest person decision, people decision you will make. Who will be your life partner? Right. I've been married to the same sister for 48 years. Do you think that has made a difference? 48 years, baby. Wow. Has that made a difference in my life? Hell to the yes. (laughs) That was the most important decision I made in my life. Mess that up two or three times and see what your life looks like. Right? So beyond your partner, now is your crew. Who is your crew? Who's on your team? Do they want what you want? Do they think as you think? Do you share a common vision? I teach in my lectures on networking that there are three kinds of networks that you're going to have to work on throughout your entire life. First is your personal network. These are your close circle of friends and family. These are the people that lift you up, cheer you on. Let's call this your network at home, right? That's your first network. And you have to work on that constantly. Mm-hmm. Stay in touch with your family. The second network is what I call your operational network. These are the people that platoon in and out of your life through the various passages of your life, and they help you to get certain things done in life. You know the old saying, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. There are very few people that will be with you throughout your entire life. There's only one in my life, and that's my sister, who is a year older than I, and she has been with me since orphanages, foster care, and my entire life. Only one person that's been in my entire life. I love her. We we look like twins. She is a PhD from Harvard. So that's your operational network. That's your network at work. The second is your strategic network. These are the people that are smarter than you. These are the people who will drag you into the 21st century, kicking, screaming, and crying. These are the people that are where you want to be. If you are the smartest person in your network, you're in the wrong damn network. You don't want to be the smartest person in your network because then how do you grow? How, when you reach up, who is there reaching down, lifting you up, teaching you, mentoring you, coaching you, and helping you to grow. You don't want to be the smartest person in your network. That's ego. That's narcissism. Those are the three networks. Your personal network, your operational network, and your strategic network. And you've got to work on them through every passage of your life. Let me explain passages. We're given, if we're lucky, about eight passages in life. Each passage is about 10 years. Let me unpack that. You're a different person at 10 than you were at 1. You're a different person at 20 than you were at 10. Let us pray. You're a different person at 30 than 20. You're a different person at 40 than 30. You're a different person at 50 than 40. You're a different person at 60 than 50. You're a different person at 70 than 60. You're a different person at 80 than 70. I'm 75. The the person you knew, if you knew me when I was 20, that person died a long time ago. You wouldn't recognize me other than features of my face. 
But the human being that existed, George Fraser, at 20, is a different human being at 75. So that's why I say there are people that will platoon in and out of your life through the various passages of your life and provide you, if you're smart, that which you need to grow. They will water you. They will fertilize you. They will cultivate you. And then over time, the seeds of you will grow and flower and bear fruit in great abundance. But you cannot do it by yourself. Right. Right. right? The same as a farmer. A farmer can plant a seed. But if he does nothing to the seed, if nothing happens to the seed, the seed will die. It has to work the seed. So the seed is dependent upon the farmer and the and nature, and the and and and, and the farmer uh, is dependent on the seed. This is a metaphor for life. The most important. I cannot say this enough. The most important decisions you will make in life will be about the people in your life. So one of the things that we say here all the time is it's very similar. It's just around your financial health and your financial wealth is so connected to the relationships that you have as well. And the advice that you end up receiving, because whether you are asking for direct advice or not, many of us will mimic the behavior of the people that we're around, right? I remember Steve used to say, the best thing you can do for a broke person is not become one of them. But if you show me, right, five broke people, I'll show you the sixth, which is you. And so in terms of- By the way, mm -hmm. way, you know who wrote that? No. I did. No. Success runs in our race. The Complete Guide to Effective Networking in the African-American Community. I wrote it 25 years ago. It is a modern-day classic. It is required reading in 57 historically Black colleges, right? There are many lines that people are using today that I originally wrote. You can look them up in Success Runs in Our Race. And by the way, you can go on Amazon 25 years later and still buy that book. Six to 8,000 copies sell every year. How many books on Amazon other than the Bible, wow. right, mm-hmm. are still selling 25 years later when 600,000 books are written a year? So it says something about the book. So I'm not bragging. I'm just saying you will hear a lot of sayings about networking. Yeah. Look up the origin of those phrases and tropes and sayings. Many of them come from success runs in our race. You know what? There's another one that I heard you actually, and I don't know if you originally coined it or just made it what it is, but connect the dots. Yes, of course. And when I heard that a couple of years ago, I was like, what? That's insane. We say it just so flippantly. But a, so I how to connect the dots video. come about? That's right. I have a whole video. You go to YouTube. Listen, your, your, your audience, go to YouTube. Put in George C. Fraser, connect the dots. And there I was at the State of Black America with Tavis Smiley about a decade ago. And that's when I introduced that phrase to the world. And I had a little chart with me. 
Now, remember, I'm on the stage with Minister Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, uh, Cornell West, Michael Eric Dyson, uh, Bishop Eddie Long, you name it, right? And each of us had a five-minute opening statement before we went into the town, before we launched into the content of the town hall meeting. And I had the misfortune of coming behind Minister Farrakhan, <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Right? So in incredible. So I knew I had to man up. Now I came because I'm, you know, I was a Boy Scout, you know, so I believe in being prepared. So I came prepared. And I, and I had a little chart. And on the chart were black dots dispersed, not connected. And I talked about that. And then on the back of the chart were all those dots connected. And that's where I talked about the power of connecting the dots and what it means. And you can look at that video today. It's on the website. I mean, it's on YouTube. YouTube. You can look yeah. at that same exact video. That's where that idea was popularized. People have been saying that you hear everybody use it now. Yeah. Right? But, but you had not heard anybody use it uh, 10 years earlier. And I wrote about it 25 years earlier. The goal is to win, not to look like we're winning. Yeah. Right? I would rather carry a plastic bag with $5,000 in it than to carry a $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag with $100 in it. You better that's say the, that again. Then that's the one we need to hear again. <laughs> that's the soundbite, right? 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 The goal is to win, not to look like we're winning. Right? I would rather carry a plastic bag with $5,000 in it than to carry a $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag with $100 in it. That's looking like you're winning. If yeah. you're driving a Land Rover, but you still have a Land Lord, you're stupid. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? 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 Yeah, right? you're stepping on some toes today, Dr. Frazier. Yeah, but, 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 but that's, that's good. That's what it is. Yes. My favorite quote in the Bible, my favorite quote in the Bible is Proverbs 13.22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's what the Bible says. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. An interesting article on the front page of USA Today last year. I hope you saw it about black, black baby boomers and their money. And here's what it said. This is oh yeah, I, I read this. Yeah. Yes. I know. I know what it says. Yeah. African Americans will be the first generation of Africans in America to raise another generation that will not do better than them. Yeah. So we are the only generation in 400 years to leave another generation worse off. We need our black asses kicked. <laughs> Dr. Frazier, I talk to people who say, you know, every man for himself. I've, I've literally spoken to mothers who say their concern is not to leave anything to yeah, oh yeah. their kids. Oh yeah, right. And I'm, I'm floored. Yes, yes, you should be. You should be shocked. So that means either they need a lobotomy or they need uh, to be reeducated. Right. Any. Mm -hmm black person that feels as though they do not want to leave their children anything on purpose now. Now, there are many that do, but they don't believe that on purpose. It's just circumstances, health, whatever, circumstances 
con- produces that. But if that is in fact your mantra, if that is in fact your core value and belief as a black human being, you are insane. And we as a people need to bless you and release you. Mm. That's a part of the 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 cancel culture they call it now. You should be canceled. You should be canceled. You should be canceled. There are 49 black million black people in America. If 40 million of them thought like that, and I pray to God that they don't think like that. We're in we're already in serious trouble. We're in more serious trouble. Mm-hmm. If if they thought like that. Now, let us pray and let us say to your listening audience that the overwhelming majority of black people don't think that. Right. I, I refuse to believe that because it's too disheartening. Yeah, it's a demotivational factor. So, yes, there are those and I've heard them. I've talked to them. I've evangelized and preached to them. Right. And they have stood up in the Q&A periods and they've said that. I don't even want to unpack for you in the short period of time what I said to them in front of 500 people when they said that. You talk about an ass whooping. <laughs> I already know it wasn't good. <laughs> wasn't good. It was ugly. Yeah, it was real. Right. And it, and it began with, you should be ashamed of yourself. I pray to God that there's none of your listening audience thinking that. And I, and, I, and I think brothers and sisters of your generation don't think that. I think that's OG, old school, right? So yeah. we are going to bless and release that because we don't want to put that, really put that out in the universe. That, that, that should be persona non grata to think if you are a woke and conscious black person. Right. So at the Power Networking Conference, and I want to encourage your listeners to go to our website, powernetworkingconference.com, and join us in Houston, July the 8th through the 11th. This is our 18th, 19th conference, right? You were at the first one, right? You remember that? How many people were there, right? That That was was the first first one? That was the first Power Networking Conference. There were 8,000 people there, the first one. No. Yes. It was the first Power Networking Conference. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm coming 2020. Right. Like, I'm blocking the day. I will be there. I will register. Second, I had I couldn't. How could, first of all, that was one of the first conferences I ever went to in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. But also it was I remember it being so well done and so well attended. There would be nothing in my mind that would make me think that that was new. I thought I was coming to something that people had been coming to for 10 years. No, that was the first one. Brand new, big idea. Took two years of planning, right? So anytime you put on a conference, baby, and 8,000 people show up, you know you are saying something. Wow. The second one was the same place, 9,000 people. The third one, 10,000 people. And we then made a strategic decision. We said, we cannot effectively teach our people in small classrooms, train them with a thousand people in a class, 
I mean, we had a workshop with Iyala Van Zandt. There were 2,500 people. Well, that ain't no damn workshop. That's a speech. <laughs> yeah. You can effectively train and teach 2,500 people simultaneously. No professional trainer uh, w- would tell you you could do that. You right. can speak to them, but you can't train them. And so we made a strategic decision to make the conference smaller. We did no longer wanted a convention center conference. We wanted a hotel conference. We wanted small classrooms of 50 to 75 people and have eight simultaneous uh, workshops at a time. So this is what you're going to get at the Power Networking Conference. We focus on three things, business, money, and psychological wellness, because we are deeply wounded people and too many of us are out of our minds. So. Um, so that's July the 8th in Houston, Texas. If you're interested, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make you an offer. You can't refuse or make your audience an offer that they can't refuse. They can go to the Power Networking Conference website, mm-hmm. www.powernetworkingconference.com, www.powernetworkingconference.com. They can look at the conference. The conference is $1,495 a person. All right. Mm-hmm. If you met one person to help change the trajectory of your life, would that be worth it for $1,495? I don't know what you paid to get in at that. I forgot what the, what the price was, right? But that's the best investment you ever made in your life. It changed your life. Hands down. I met my real estate mentor there. So my story is actually that when I left Steve, by the time I left Steve, I had become a licensed real estate and mortgage broker at 21 during my senior year in college. I left the show, my now husband of 12 years, then boyfriend or then best friend, we started a real estate and mortgage brokerage, um, went on to be incredibly successful. And then the recession hit. But one of the mentors that I had leading up to that, her name was Polly Bankhead. She was a top real estate agent in Los Angeles. I met her at Power Networking. She Mm. actually allowed me to spend the night in her hotel room because my mom's friends lived so far away that it was just a struggle to get back and forth. And I met this woman. And if you can imagine, um, I'm almost 40 now. Most people don't think that when they first meet me. So at 19, 20 years old, I looked like I was 12. And she said, young lady, where are your parents? And I'm like, parents, I'm here by myself. (laughs) I'm a college student. And she took me in. And she was such an example to me for the first, you know, several months or so after I left, you know, she was so successful in real estate, even though I didn't talk to her all the time, she was an example of a black woman doing very well in real estate in a predominantly white area um, that her office was based in and where I would end up, you know, being. And she was, she was that example. And I, I went on to make millions, you know, by 25 years old. So when you say, would it be worth it? That's why to this day, I invest in myself. I've invested $25,000, in growing you. my business, my platform in me, because once I have it, you can't take it. That's what go. I do now. There right? you go. So you got it. See, you, you, there's no way you're going to fail in life. You have been seeded with the right values, the right ideas, and you have expanded on that by helping others to learn and to do the same. So you, you are doing God's work. I said that right at the beginning. 
Well, we will definitely include the link in the promo codes and all of that in the show notes. Um, I plan on being there. So I need to I need to meet you for myself. Virtually is nice. Yeah, Talking on the phone is nice. <laughs> so, so let me close with with a requirement of our brothers and sisters as it relates to economic development and wealth creation in the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd century. So it will take at least 100 years for us to close the income and wealth gap between blacks and whites in America. And there's seven streams of income you should be working on in your life. You don't have to have them all tomorrow, but it should be on your goals and your agenda for your life and the life of you and your significant other and family. What's the first stream of income? It's called, and write this down, brothers and sisters, it's called earned income. This is income from working at a job. Most of us would qualify for that. That's earned income. What's the second stream of income? Profit income. Income from buying and or selling something. The third is interest income. Income from lending people money, if you got it like that. The fourth is dividend income, income from owning stocks, bonds, mutual funds. The fifth is rental income, and that's income from renting a house. I made my first million dollars from eight, two, and three family homes all lined up together in a neighborhood that was changing in Cleveland, Ohio. Income from renting property. The sixth is capital gains. Assets that you purchase that are increasing in value, not a Land Rover, not any car, any car. I don't care what you buy. The moment you drive out of that showroom, it loses value. What assets like real property, generally speaking, do you have? that is increasing in value. Don't tell me diamonds, baloney. Buy a diamond today, walk out of the shopping mall, go back into the same jewelry store and try and sell it to them and see if you can get the price you paid for it. Same thing with the car. So capital gains or assets that are increasing in value. And then Number seven is royalty income, income from others using your idea. I've written six best-selling books, and my publishers send me royalty checks twice a year. 25 years later. Yeah. So let's repeat it. Earned income, profit income, interest income, dividend income, rental income, capital gains income, royalty income. And you say the average person should have at least four. At least four. So one of the things that we we teach and preach at the conference is we teach you how to double your streams of income. Now, by the way, I have all seven of these streams. Mm-hmm. But remember, I'm 75. I, I, I didn't have all seven when I was 40. And so we teach you how. So if you come to the conference with a single stream of income, we'll teach you how to have two streams of income. 
If you come with two streams of income, we'll teach you how to have four. If you come with four, we'll teach you how to have eight. By the way, there's sub there there's sub categories of each of these, by the way. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Right? That can produce streams of income. Right? I get royalties from writing. Other people get royalties from music. So it just depends on what your gifts are. Right? Uh, my increasing assets um, uh, include my home, right? Because I bought in the right neighborhood, right? And I don't have to tell you how important neighborhood is. And, and you know the trick in real estate is to is to have the least expensive home on the most expensive home. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it ain't rocket science. Right. So it goes on and on and on and and your audience can unpack these things. But that's the general principle. And you'll learn how to act on these principles at the Power Networking Company, July 8th through the 11th in Houston, Texas. I'm excited to return. Yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I'm excited to return. Before I let you go, um, we do what we call rapid wisdom questions at the end of every interview. And so just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, First question, how do you define success? The successful achievement of a worthwhile goal. Let's say marriage. Let's say starting, just starting a business. Mm -hmm. Right? The successful achievement of a worthwhile goal. You know who else answered that? Hmm? You know who else answered that? Answered who? with the same. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, my mentor. There you go. <laughs> so great minds think alike. I mean, it's no more complicated than that. It really is. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, let me just uh, illuminate on that for a moment. Uh, I graduated with high, from high school with a vocational diploma in carpentry. I was in New York. That's where I was born and raised, Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, New York. And I tried to get a carpenter's uh, uh, apprentice job in New York at the time, and the Italians controlled the union, so I couldn't get in. So the only real job I could get at that time, now remember, I'm 18 years old. This is 1963. I was born in 1945. So the only job I could get was working for the Port Authority, mopping floors and cleaning bathrooms at LaGuardia Airport. That was my job. I did that successfully for three years. If you would go to LaGuardia Airport today and go down into the maintenance department, my picture is on their wall. I was the best floor mopper in the history of LaGuardia Airport. The best. I was a very successful floor mopper. Mm -hmm. That was success. Why? Because how you do anything is how you do everything. Dr. King spoke to this. What is success? The successful or the the completion of a worthwhile goal. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Values. Cash, ideas. Mm. 
That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? The one everybody still talks about to the rich dad, poor dad. Really? And the millionaire next door. Yeah, that's one of my Both of those books are 20 years old. The millionaire next door and rich dad, poor dad. Absolutely. I've and used many of the ideas out of those books. And they were right. <laughs> and please fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is uh, Dr. George Fraser, and the truth about wealth is that it's easier to attain than expected. I think Dr. Kimbrough also said that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Dr. Kimbrough is a close friend of mine. I love him, right? We are joined at the hip, but I had no idea. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you guys both, um, you know, around that time that I went to the conference, Steve Harvey had also given me Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. And that's how I was introduced to Dr. Kimbrough all those years ago as well. And I took the jacket. That would be the third. That would be the third. That would be the third book. That's an incredible book. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I forgot that. But that would be the third because he really speaks to what we just talked about. And 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 he gives the sort of the 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 biographical trajectory um of of how wealth was attained by brothers and sisters who have attained attained great wealth and the stories have common threads yes and uh, uh and i think he illuminated a lot for black people uh, when he when he laid those stories out because most of the people came like me from very meager beginnings yeah yeah there was no inherited wealth. He didn't talk about people who had in, black people with inherited wealth. He no. talked about people who started from the bottom. Now they're here. <laughs> and because Great. of those stories, I'm here. And because yeah. of my story, you know, my goal is to to plant as many seeds and you know, share as much as I can and highlight stories such as yours and and Dr. Kimbrough's and so many others who have been on the podcast. So Thank you so much for the example and the work is not in vain. You, you have, you have the next generation out here that is just trying to do the work to carry it on. And I'm so grateful for your example. Truly. I really, really am. And I will see you at uh, power networking 2020. I'll be there. God bless you. Love you. Keep doing God's work. If you ever need me, don't hesitate to call. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dr. Frazier. Thank you. All right. Didn't I tell you to buckle in a little bit? He does not mince words. (laughs) And I hope that you really took away some golden gems, some really great nuggets, just that'll shift your mindset a bit in terms of managing your money, you know, wisely. And I know he went through the streams of income, but let me tell you what really hit me. The eight passages of life. 
that really spoke to me. You know, eight if we're lucky, right? But the fact that we are completely different people every 10 years and I am walking into prayerfully my 39th birthday. This will be the last year of my 30s, you guys. And when I think about who I was at 29, 30 years old and the woman I've become, I'm so grateful that I'm only recognizable by, you know, facial characteristics. But that's so much has changed in my mindset, in my behavior, in the way I manage things. And like he said, relationships, man, the power of relationships. So listen, your power networking promo code, if you are interested in going to Dr. Frazier's Power Networking Conference. It's at powernetworkingconference.com. If you go to the site, you'll see that they're offering 20% off. It's like a New Year special. But guess what? If you are listening to Redefining Wealth, you'll get 40% off. Just use the code DAMNGOODDEAL. You know how to spell damn, don't play. D-A-M-N-G-O-O-D-D-E-A-L. Powernetworkingconference.com. Damn good deal. It'll save you 40% off. This event does sell out year after year. So don't delay. Look it up. If you're interested, go on to the event. And hopefully I'll see you there. If I don't, make sure you tell everybody that Redefining Wealth sent you. Okay. Again, thank you for the Results Not Resolutions series love. Go back and thank all of the folks who have been a part of this series. They literally did an amazing job. I mean... Koya Webb was Fit Pillar. Tanya Dalton was People Pillar. Let's see. Tanisha Porter Lyons. Did I say that right? Tanisha Lyons Porter um, was Space Pillar. We had Princeton Parker on Faith, Jordan Rayner on Work, and none other than Dr. George C. Frazier on Money. And I hope it was a blessing to you. If it was, please feel free to rate and review uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen uh, tell me what it's done for you. What's some shifts? What are some shifts you're making? And if you're in the Purpose Chaser community, we will definitely be getting your feedback about what pillar you are sinking your teeth into over these next several months. So if you're not in the Purpose Chaser community, go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. Join us. We've been pairing people up for accountability and all kinds of great stuff over there. So I am a IamAPurposeChaser.com. And next week, we're going to jump into some some other conversations. Uh, I'm really excited about the Valentine's Day episode we have planned. I have a little twist on what I believe love is, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 